everyone. Welcome into the Roundtable. Bill Priestley here with you. And the economic times have slowed down a bit here in the middle of 2023. And does that make the M&A space possibly even more attractive to some people at this point in time? Joining us to talk about it is Spencer Tenney, CEO and president of the Tenney Group, specializing in M&A access there as well. Spencer, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, as you look at it right now, here we are, middle of 2023, the economic indicators are not great for the rest of the year. How do you kind of measure right now what's going on in the M&A space? Granted, we had a big merger or at least a big acquisition with Knight Swift and U.S. Express earlier this year. Haven't seen as many on, on the large scale, but how do you measure the market right now? Uh, it's a mixed bag. And I, and I think it really has to do with the size of the transaction. As you mentioned, the the Knight Swift uh, U.S. Express deal is kind of a, a little bit of a uh, of, of an outlier based on what's happened in the last six months. But I will say activity for your smaller to mid-sized transportation logistics company ha has remained fairly steady. And um, uh, it, it slowed down without question a little bit in the last six months. But here just in the last, I would even say 30 days, we've seen tremendous momentum going into the second half. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Looking at that, well, let's just jump into some of those reasons. Looking at some of the economic indicators saying may, we may not see economic growth in the transportation industry for the next six, eight to 10 months. Does that make things a little bit more fertile for some people in terms of maybe even looking for an exit strategy, maybe looking to be acquired, maybe looking to expand? Well, I think the factors that I think are going to influence a significant amount of activity are these. Uh, going back to COVID, there was a huge supply of business owners that were at retirement age that didn't exit. And largely that was because the, the distraction of COVID or because business got so good during that period, they just couldn't let go. And then now we kind of come into this period where for a lot of folks, they intended to exit again, but with the interest rates rising as uh, quickly as they did, many folks thought that this might not be the best time to sell. I think what's happening right now is that Interest rates are stabilizing, but all the other fundamentals that have been driving record level M&A for the last, call it three to five years, um, are still, they're still the same. And so the, in order to grow, in order to differentiate, to capitalize on technology, people are going to have to um, take opportunities to grow via acquisition. So for the buyers, it, it, it's a favorable market in terms of potential valuation. Debt's expensive, um, and it makes it a little bit more challenging to get deals done. But I think what's helpful to that process is that the sellers over the last 6 to 12 months have had a little bit of a, an opportunity to kind of recover from that COVID hangover when valuation, valuation expectations got a little bit out of hand. So I think this is turning into the next six months of, of a very um, helpful environment for deals uh, to get a meeting of the minds between buyers and sellers. So given the criteria that you just mentioned there, is there sort of, and, and, I'm, and I know I'm generalizing here to a great degree, but uh, a sort of profile of a, a business that might be best, better suited to start having those talks about M&A? Or is it simply, you know, like you said, small to medium-sized businesses, possibly more affected, but not really of a certain ilk, if you will? I think it really just comes down to, you know, where the owner is in, in terms of age, goals, and just the life cycle of the business. Because what happens is they may not think it's the best time in the world, but if they know in their heart of hearts that they don't have the fuel in the tank to go combat, uh, you know, rising expenses across the board, then really effectively, um, the way that they don't look at this as selling, they look at this as wealth preservation. 
because if, if, if they don't exit and they're not willing to do the things required to enhance business value, then effectively they're just forfeiting business value as part of delaying an exit from this industry. So I think, I think that's really the decision is, um, I think that's why we've seen record numbers of first time acquirers in this space is because you know, if you're not integrating acquisitions into your growth strategy in some way, it's just very hard to be competitive given all of the constraints in the marketplace, rising expenses, emerging technology, what have you. And so I, I think that's this, you know, a lot of business owners facing the realities and trying to be good stewards uh, of, the, of, of the value that they've created in their businesses. As we entered COVID, and of course, you had the stimulus money that created a, just a massive amount of freight that needed to be moved, and you had a lot of people entering into the freight marketplace trying to make a buck here and there. I can only assume, of course, that medium-sized businesses, small to medium-sized businesses, also made some investments in trying to get a chunk of that cash there as well. Um, now, as we're kind of on the back side of it, how much has that happened, just the economic downturn of coming off of this incredible high done in terms of the M&A space, you, know, you mentioned the last three to five years, there's been a lot of activity, but even looking in the last six months or so, uh, as things continue to go, is that do, how much has COVID had an effect on, on, for lack of a better term, your business? No, I, I think that we remain steady for um, a variety of different reasons, but I think mm -hmm. one thing that I think is gonna create, um, well, I think it's just obvious what's happening in the market. COVID created, a, a shortage of supply of equipment across the board. And so when, when a lot of small to mid-sized operators got their opportunity to uh, purchase that equipment, they did so at, at extremely high rates. Um, and, and so now you have a balance sheet that effectively were that, I was just interviewing Anna Veering from Taylor and Martin and talking about how just in the last 15 months, these equipment values have just plummeted. So you have balance sheets that are upside down and you have a soft freight market there's a lot of folks that are, that are going to get pinched. They, they can still be valuable to the right buyer. But I think what's going to happen um, for a lot of companies that kind of fit that profile is that they're going to be forced with some tough decisions over the next six months. Yeah, exactly. That's right where I'm going here as well, because um, obviously, well, we talked with uh, John Kingston, one of our writers, uh, not too long ago. And one of the things he was surprised by here as we get to the midpoint here of 2023 is we haven't seen more bankruptcy stories that have come out basically coming off of this economic downturn and, and things not being as fruitful on that end there as well. As you look at it, um, in terms of, you know, when is the right time maybe to start having those conversations? Again, just looking at the criteria, if the owner is ready to do it, if, if the owner has the attitude to do it, again, you're talking about wealth preservation there as well. When do you start having these conversations, knowing that perhaps there's not that economic uptick uh, possibly coming in the next six to eight, 10 months? I mean, I think just as a discipline, our, our general philosophy is that you should always be looking at the business as um, something that is always for sale. So you mm -hmm. always should be looking at, 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 at what are your options at, on any given day. And, and I think that as you look back to like 2019 was, was probably the highest uh, spike in bankruptcies in our industry for in, 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 the, in, the, in the recent future. And, and you can look at what happened. Like so many of those folks just waited way too long before they actually uh, sought help uh, to understand what their options are. And, and to be fair, like when, you know, when you have the types of changes in the marketplace that we have right now, the cash flow problems uh, snowball very fast. And so I think that they, my encouragement is every owner has many more options than they realize, but they can't sit on their hands. They have to be proactive and, and, and to reach out to folks who can actually affect that. 
Do you think that's going to be the same case now as the second? Again, if, if prognosticators hold true and we don't have much economic growth, do you think that we'll see that again, that people will simply hold on too long? I mean, history says that that's probably the case. Just human mm -hmm. nature, we resist any type of main, major change. I, I hope that that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, the challenges are very real. And so, like, it, I think my encouragement is just be humble and, and respect what's in front of you and, and, and go talk to as many people as you can around transactions, around reorganization, around what, just to find out what you can do uh, to protect your business, the people, everyone associated and, and your customers as well. Let's talk about it from the other side of the spectrum in terms of the buyer perhaps looking to make a, a big splash or make a, a big investment and try and move their company forward and get a jump start on this economic to, on the economics when they start to turn and, and upward in that direction. Uh, if you're on that side of the fence and looking to perhaps acquire or merge and, and expand in that way, uh, what kind of conversations are you having? And you know, obviously it's you can, you can go for after anybody, I guess, but it's got to be a very specific kind of merger or acquisition that you're looking at. I, I think that what we've seen kind of crystallize over the last six months with a lot of your major players that that look to acquire in this space is just just you know, much um, much more discipline in the profiles that they that they want to pursue, and, and, and even we're seeing some of the same acquirers divesting of of of. Uh, verticals that you know within a diversified transportation group that that aren't high performers and so i think that if you're going to go acquire you need to kind of cut the fat first to make sure that you have um you know you're setting yourself up to be successful with something that's going to be a, a good platform type investment and i i think that there's all kinds of i mean there's there's tremendous interest i think the access to capital is a question we're going to see that affect the profiles the most is for folks like on the asset light side of things if there's no you know, if there's no way to collateralize that type of investment, it's going to affect valuation and structure. So I think what you're going to see in the six months uh, ahead is that really aggressive plays by strategic buyers, niche operations that can get done by size and shape. And, and that's where they're going to put their energy around. Uh, there's no really capacity to go invest, in some cases, millions of dollars of diligence around a deal that may or may um, not get done or may or may not provide the impact of what's required. Looking in your crystal ball over the course of the next six months or so, do you see M&A activity accelerating over the course of that time or staying still or maybe even dropping off? 100% acceleration. I mean, just for context, three, in the next three weeks, we have three deals closing, one of those a nine-figure deal. So it, it's like we're extremely active. And I think that, the again, it just goes back to for buyers and sellers to get deals done, there has to be trust. And what we're seeing right now is they're not great interest rates, but we're stabilizing. And that's what we need for buyers and sellers to be proactively leaning in and getting deals done. So I'm very bullish that we're going to see a lot of fireworks in the second half of 2023. Going to be a very interesting second half there as well. Spencer Tenney, CEO of the Tenney Group, thanks so much for joining us. You bet.